All righty, Pause Podcast episode 42. I am here with my co-host Jake Gibson, Jonathan Mayer, and we have a very special guest. We have Nicole Frank from FIU Swimming. Nicole, thank you for the time and uh, welcome to the Pause Podcast. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Nicole, I want to start just, you know, when when did, did you did you first kind of fall in love with swimming? When did you kind of start, you know, swimming competitively? Um, so I started swimming when well, I don't have a clear memory of when, when that was, honestly. Uh, I've been involved with sports my whole life. My mom is like a physical education teacher. Uh, so she will put me and my, my brother in sports since we were really young. I started with swimming and art gymnastics at first. And then I had to decide in between because practices were like at the same time and like competitions and stuff. So I decided to go for swimming, as you guys can see. And yeah, I I just I love swimming. It's just uh, it gets me out of my problems. It's like a different world for me, and it's just my peace in life right now. So uh, you know, growing up in Uruguay, you know, it's a country that just just so happens to have a really big coastline, big fascination with water. I'm just I'm curious about how serious that they take competitive swimming there, and then. From your time there, uh, breaking records, of course. Just how does how does how they take swimming? How does it compare to what you've seen in the United States and uh, and how they care for swimming? Well, comparing how they see, I'll say swimming, just because it's my sport. But it could be like with any like minor sports in general. Like we're not gonna talk about soccer because soccer in South America and the country is a big thing. Uh, but like they they give support, but it's Compared to the United States, it's not as much. I feel here, any sport is, like, important. They give a lot of attention and they give a lot of support. At home, when it's, like, smaller sports like swimming or, I don't know, any other sport that is, like, not not known as much, mm-hmm. uh, they don't have, like, as much support. But, like, at least the social media or uh, people that does like interviews, they always try to help and they try to like support athletes as much as they can. So I think that's a really good thing that we have at home. Uh, but yeah, like on the support side, like uh, for example, money to travel or stuff like that. If you're on the top of your sport, you're definitely going to have that. But if you're like just starting or at the bottom, it's probably going to come out of your pocket at the beginning. I know you've been swimming, you know, for different championships in your youth, but what made you decide to come over to the States and want to, you know, compete from a collegiate level um, in swimming? Um, So I came here for the first time uh, yesterday was four years ago, actually. Oh, wow. wow. Congrats. 2019, December, I was 16 years old because I got a scholarship to train here. It was supposed to be for like a year or like nine months. But then COVID hit it, so I had to like choose if I wanted to stay here, if I wanted to go home. Uh, and this whole thing for like Olympics was happening at the moment, so I decided to stay and keep training here. Uh, I I just thought like it would be the best option, and my parents were super supportive. They were like, "It's your choice, it's your life. Uh, you had to choose what is better for your goals and your uh, future." So I stayed, and then. If I was gonna stay for longer than a year, because my scholarship got like renewed, I had to like finish high school somehow, because I came without like finishing high school. So I finished high school and then I started looking for college. Uh, I thought it would be a good idea to continue swimming here, because I knew that the level here is at least better than at home, and I have more space, more uh, opportunities 
to like get better. So I started looking for colleges and I saw FIU and I just, I fell in love with it right away. So I contacted the coaches and they, they replied right away. And then here we are. So as you just mentioned, you get to FIU in 2021. What's that about the campus? And obviously you guys practice at Biscayne Bay. So what's that about them, the facilities and just what made FIU such an attractive destination for you to come here and spend a couple of years? So I'm just a sophomore. So this will be like my second year. Uh, but I came to visit my recruiting trip in 2021, 20, like October, I think. Uh, and I, I just, I had like a little recruiting trip for like, I think it was like two days. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just saw the group of people and I thought it was amazing how like, of course, there's like, everyone has their issues, everyone has their life and their problems. But like when it's like coming to the team, every, everyone is like super supportive and we love each other and we're always there for each other if we need like support or something. So I think that was the first thing that caught my eye because I was looking for a group that would make me feel like at home and that would make me feel like I'm, I have another family here. And then I think just the campus and everything was just amazing. Like I, I've i been here since I arrived and I have some family we'll say here and also my host family from before. So I, will, I thought it would be like a good idea to stay here uh, we go to Biscayne Bay on Saturdays to train. I love the pool. And I think we just have a really amazing environment in athletics. So that helps a lot. Yeah. So, of course, uh, Miami is a city that's absolutely rooted in Hispanic culture, right? It comes to language, food, architecture, et cetera. And FIU happens to have, you know, a large student body that is Hispanic people. So, you know, when you first step foot in FIU, we're meeting people, your your teammates and whatnot. Just how much did the fact that Miami is that kind of city, did it help you get used to living to, to, to living here long term and 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 going to classes, just going everywhere here in Miami? Yeah. Well, when I first arrived here, I didn't speak English at all. Okay. Uh, I learned when I started high school, but it was easier just because of that. I got a lot of friends that they will. They, they will speak Spanish and it will be easier for me to like get used to the classes. If I need help, they will help me. Uh, it's funny, one of the girls that I have from high school that she's my friend, she's in so- women's soccer team and we're still friends. We see each other once in a while. And yeah, like I think the fact that there's a lot of Hispanic uh, culture here, it helps a lot for me and any, I guess any other like Hispanic person will help a lot. Cause even if I, in the team, we all speak English. Like, I think there's only one girl, uh, like, adding me that speaks Spanish in the team. Then we have the rule that we are not supposed to speak in our native language to the other people. Like, we're always going to speak English. So I think going outside, like, I don't know, to a store or something uh, helps a lot to find someone that will speak Spanish to, like, feel more at home, you know? So, uh, obviously, you come here to FIU, and this is – arguably maybe the best team we you know the best athletic program at FIU and a lot of swimmers have come this way and one of them is obviously Kelsey Campbell and just what was it like learning from her and your freshman year and what did you take away from maybe her routine or any advice that she gave you I think that learning from uh people like Kelsey for example is a really good thing mostly for like freshmen and sophomores are like the youngest generations of the team we'll say uh, it's really nice to learn from them. I think Kelsey last year was such a mentor for all of us. I mean, she she was in the team for like six years before I came. So 
it was a really long time. She had a lot of experience in a lot of things. Uh, and I think like each of us can apport something different, like can add something different to the team for all of us to learn and grow in somehow, like some way. Uh, it could be either at practice or just uh, life experience uh, advice. So I think that's really, really good. And one thing, you know, obviously we had, we had Coach Horner a couple of months ago over the summer and obviously a legend here at FIU. And uh, what is it like being part of this coaching staff? Obviously they've built, you know, a dynasty here that you're a part of. So what is it like learning from 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 them and uh, being able to be part of the culture that, you know, they're just trying to keep on building year over, you know, years to come? Yeah, it's funny because today we were just talking about it, that he was in this podcast before. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think our coaching staff is, it's just amazing. There are always, it's not, it's not only a support that is uh, athletically, like it's not only in the pool or the gym. Uh, it's also personally, I think they're always there for us. And it's something that it helps if you want it or not, because being in college is fun, but it also has its responsibilities. And sometimes we get really stressed out with like finals or school or uh, any other responsibility that we could have. So I think they really help us in that way and under, being understanding and pushing us also to get to our goals and the team goals is one of the most important things too. So I think that's amazing. So let's talk a little about last year, your freshman year, obviously, you know, made some strides. Um, what are things that maybe you learned in your freshman year, meet season specifically and things that you took away, um, you know, as you kind of got ready for, for the conference championships last year? Yeah, I think last year was such a roller coaster. Uh, I started the year without really being able to compete because some NCAA papers. Uh, and that was kind of a down moment for me. Uh, but then after that, everything started like going better and better. I had a little hip problem, but then we figured it out. So that was amazing. And yeah, I think I just learned that like, I think patience mostly. Uh, just trusting the process a little bit and communicating too. I feel I'm someone that is pretty reserved with her, like my own problems and I'm not someone that will like usually go out for help when I need it. Like I will try to figure it out by myself first. So I think that's something that I learned last year that really helped me this year to go through like school or personal life or even swimming. Uh, sometimes I get really stressed out. So I think last year it was a lot of growth for me and a lot of things that made me like maybe mature a little bit more and see things in a different way. By the way, I had to go and check uh, our episode with Coach Horner. That was episode 24. It was back in June 14th. That was a long time ago. But shout out Coach Horner, an absolute goat, man. But um, yeah, so it, it turned out that uh, – that was the start of an amazing freshman year for you, right? You won a bunch of competitions that you took part in, including, uh, I believe, a 200-individual medley again in that Liberty meet back in October. So, you know, I, I just I I uh, want to know, not to mention the um, the 200-meter uh, medley at the CSCAA Invitational, right? So, you know, out of all those events you took part in, what would you say off the top of your head was was your favorite event that you won, based on not just how well you did, but also just the impact of the event itself? Yeah. Um, well, that's an easy question, actually. Um, a conference. <laughs> okay. Last year, uh, the first day we had the 200 individual medley, and I won the event, and I did the best time, but I got disqualified. That night was really tough. 
I finished my race. I, I did not know that I was disqualified until like coach Horner came up to me and he like, I didn't even finish going to like the rest of the team. I was literally right next to the blocks. He comes up to me and he goes like, yeah, well, so you got disqualified and I started crying, but I was crying so bad. Like my eyes were like hurting, horrible. I hated it. And he started saying like, yeah, I mean, it's not your fault. Like, I think you did a really, it was something about my start. Uh, so that night I was really sad. I was really angry, angry too, because I just thought it was kind of unfair. So the next day I had the 400 IM and that's one of my main races too. And I needed to like step back in the, like, in my men, like how I was mentally the first day, like I needed to be strong again and come back and be resilient. And so I went to the race in the morning. I did a good race. I still had finals. And in the afternoon, I remember coach Horner, he was just like, you go to you, like, you know how to do it. Just go and do what you have to do. And that night I won. Uh, I got a best time and I did a freshman record, I think. So I think that would be my favorite race because of the comeback the next day and like being able to go over and just do a good race anyways. I guess if you could share a little bit, why, why did they issue the disqualification for you that day? Uh, so apparently they said that uh, I moved on the block. Like when I did the start, you're supposed to like be still like until the, the little beep goes off. Oh. And apparently they said that I move a little bit and then I started. So they, they're going to disqualify me because it's an early start, they will call it. And yeah, we try to like show a video and show that I didn't like move, that I was like, all right, but nothing worked. So, I mean, we just accepted it. We was like, okay, I guess it's a sign. I need to learn from something. So, <laughs> well, all, all, all of this to say that you still ended up winning the AAC Freshman of the Year Award, which, you know, it, it's an amazing achievement. So we, we got to know, when did you first know that you, you won it? Like, who, who told you initially that you won the award? And just got to know, what was that celebration like, man? Yeah, so that was the last day of the meet. They do all of these awards the last day of the meet. And I remember that right before that we had like a kind of chat with the whole team the coaches and everyone and they were well we got second place of course by nothing uh but at the moment i was kind of like blaming myself because of the 200 because i knew that if i did not got disqualified for the 200 we will be first and we will won and everything so i was like kind of blaming myself but i wasn't telling anyone but i was like i started crying again and i remember uh i remember christy Chewy, one of our teammates, and a few more that I remember everyone because I was crying a lot. They were like, it's not your fault. Like, you need to remember that like this is a team. It's not only you. Um, so, yeah, after that, uh, coach came up to me and he said, oh, they're calling you because apparently they're going to give some awards and like your name is in one of them. But I didn't know what it was. Like I just went and I just sat there for a little bit to wait for them to call my name. And then I don't know where they said, oh, freshman of the year. And I was like, oh, what? Like, I was kind of confused at first. But then, of course, I was super happy because I was not expecting that. And then when I came back, yeah, everyone was like, oh, yeah, congratulations. They were all, like, celebrating and stuff. And, yeah, and then I remember Coach uh, Horner and Brian, they said that, like, it was an honor to have that because, like, it was a really tough uh a really tough competition, mostly for the first day. And apparently that award is, like, both for all of the coaches of like the conference so it was like something that all of the coaches or most of the coaches decided to like choose me and it happened so I think it was like such an honor and I was really really happy 
that was that was a whirlwind of a week for sure. I can imagine. Yeah. Just all yeah, going on. But now I want to know. Obviously, we're into this year, or you know, mid-season December. We meet this week. Um, just talk a little about you. You've had a really, really good so far mid-season. You uh, were able to get a zone B cut in in the mid-season in Purdue, or I'm sorry, not Purdue, Missouri. Um, and just what are some things that you've liked about your season thus far as you kind of gear ahead to another conference championship time and hopefully trying to get that quest for one um, in February? Yeah, I think this year so far has been like kind of a roller coaster too, but it's more more like personally. Uh, but mid-season was, it was amazing. I was with not expectations. Uh, if you talk to the coaches or even uh, break, uh, break, if you talk to Gabe, our athletic trainer, uh, they will tell you that, Two weeks before mid-season, I was sick. Uh, I had, like, bronchitis. I couldn't breathe. I was, like, doing easy stuff at the pool because I, like, I needed to recover and my body was not recovering. So I went to mid-season with no expectations. I just went, like, okay, I'm going to go do this and see how it goes and see how things are going to go. And it actually was a, a really a pretty good meet, I think. Uh, I was not, like, 100% satisfied with my results, but just because I'm really hard on myself. Uh, but, like, taking that I was sick before going. Uh, I think it was an amazing meet. I got really close to my best times. So, yeah. And I think the whole team enjoyed a lot the meet. We were new at this meet. Uh, our meet season before was Purdue. So, uh, I think all of us were having a lot of fun and enjoying a lot. Yeah, you got third. Third place. Yeah, exactly. That was really Not bad. <laughs> Kevin, is it time for a break? Let's do it. All right. I think it is time for a very quick news break. Your look at all things FIU athletics and just FIU in general. So let's uh, start things off with baseball. Uh, FIU earlier today, recently, or yeah, earlier today, they released their 2024 baseball schedule, and it contains a bunch of exciting matchups, both in the conference uh, USA lineup and without the non-conference matchups as well. This includes opponents such as Notre Dame, Iowa, Florida Gulf Coast, and the rivals from Boca Raton, FAU, along with a uh, four-game series both in March and May against the Miami Hurricanes. So um, I won't say too much more about it now because you all can read more about it on Kevin's article that he wrote on the Pause Up page covering everything you need to know about it. So let's move on then to men's basketball of course, FIU guard Arturo Dean coming off a bunch of awards for how he started off this season. He and the Panthers are set to take on the nationally ranked FAU Owls tomorrow at 7 p.m. That game is in Boca Raton and can be seen on ESPN+. This will be FIU's second time taking on a ranked opponent this year as the Panthers lost a close game against the Miami Hurricanes at the Watsco Center not that long ago. FAU is, of course, coming off a Final Four appearance last year, and FIU is looking to bounce back following some time off. So, of course, best of luck to the men's basketball team. Finally, here's a feel-good story. Uh, former FIU linebacker and NFL athlete Antoine Barnes recently returned to FIU and completed his degree graduating yesterday. Barnes played for FIU again as linebacker in the mid-2000s and was the first-ever Panther to be drafted by an NFL team in 2007 when he was selected by the Baltimore Ravens. He then played for the Philadelphia Eagles, San Diego Chargers, and the New York Jets in his career. So congrats to Barnes for that achievement. So, okay, Nikki, let's let's talk about the Olympics. This is this is exciting. This is what I've really been wanting to talk about, man. The uh the Tokyo Olympics in not 2020, but 2021. 
Uh, in July, uh, I want to say mid-July of that year, ESPN, they uh, they ran a great story about your grandmother and how she um, inadvertently convinced you to pursue swimming through her stories of almost competing in the Olympics, I believe, in 1940. It, it, it was a great read. I suggest everyone out there who's watching, go check that out. It's a great, it's a great story. Uh, you know, so I just want to know, what was it like to share this story with ESPN back then? And now that the Tokyo Olympics have passed, uh, how much do you still reflect on that? Yeah. Um, so the Olympics was, uh, it's, I just, I don't, I can't describe how it feels. Uh, like it's, it's just crazy. Cause I feel like I was, I'm still young, but like I was even younger than I am now. And like, I was, I don't want to say I was just a little girl, but like technically I was like, I was the youngest girl in my team. And I remember I got that ESPN interview I think it was like right before I traveled or like a few days into the Olympics like I got to the village like a uh like a week early before my race so I think on that week they did that interview something like that and I remember that uh the girl was super sweet she was like doing the interview she said she was asking a lot of questions and just remembering that type of like things uh that like I'm not aware of 100% all the time like of course I have it in the back of my mind and it's something that marks me and that like puts my path uh, and marks my path for the future. Uh, but I think it's just amazing to think that that story is real. Like how, what of a coincidence that that happened, you know, like I feel that doesn't happen every day. And I think it's just amazing that it's a part of my family, you know, like my brother, he used to swim before too. Uh, and my whole family has been into sports somehow, either could be gymnastics like my mom or volleyball or basketball. So I think it's really cool to think that it's not only like me, like it's my whole family, it's something like cultural for us. And it's amazing like how that story got to so many people because even like today, that, that interview was like two years ago-ish. And even today, there's a lot of people that sometimes texts me about it. And I think it's really cool that it's doing an impact not only in me, you know, like, but only in other people that is like watching it or reading it. You you were at an Olympics that were like no other. Obviously, it was during right during COVID. You had to travel to, to Tokyo. You had to stay in there. You had to quarantine. Just talk to us about that experience and how different that atmosphere was. Given I believe there were no fans during that time, and it, it was crazy. It was just you know really crazy. Not you know all these restrictions you guys had to go through. Yeah, um, we had we had a lot of rest restrictions. Honestly, that's very true. We had to do like COVID tests every like two days or every day. We had to do a COVID test the day that we had to race or compete. Uh, but the good thing is that it wasn't like in our mouth. It was like through saliva. So you wouldn't go through that suffering every day or every two days. So that's pretty good. They will only do that if they were like, uh, I don't know, for some reason you were in contact with someone that had COVID that maybe would do that with someone that was in contact. But then uh, there was like a lot of restrictions. I remember the dining hall had like a little plastic thing to separate like seats Wow. uh there was not fans like it was totally empty like at the stadiums it was only athletes uh we will have to use a mask all the time unless we were outside maybe they wouldn't say anything but sometimes you will see like a policeman or something that will tell you just to put it on again uh but yeah i think either even if there was a lot of restrictions because of covid uh i think we all had fun and we all could enjoy a lot i had a really big group of friends over there because where I was training before that was here in the U.S., uh, we qualified like 12 people, I think, 
uh so like we have had a big group of friends over there so we'll spend a lot of time together all of us from different countries so that was really fun too uh and at the moment of competing i think the stadium of the pool it was totally empty it was only athletes so i feel the pressure from like competing was a little less just because you would not see a bunch of people inside uh but i feel at the same time it was like not boring but like it loses a little bit of its like energy and magic you know like you're go you're going to represent your country in front of all of these people and they're not there they're all watching through the phone or the tv uh but i think either way it was really fun and it was it's a, a unique experience anyway so it, it was really nice and i was reading the article it, it said that you were targeted for for this upcoming year's olympics but you are able to compete in 2021 Obviously, now we're you know months away from from one in Paris. Now having that experience of competing in that Olympic stage two years ago, what is it like now as you prepare to try to go back there? Um, you know, in twenty twenty four. I think he, like the experience from twenty twenty one gave me a, like I learned a lot from it. So now I feel a little bit more prepared. For what it's coming uh i know how like the processes i know how things are how things work so i'm not like that nervous or anxious to like oh how how's this gonna go or how's this gonna work uh so i think that helps me a lot like i don't feel as anxious as i was before of course i'm like not nervous but like trying to like work for it you know trying to like get the work done to get it and trying to plan everything accordingly so i have everything good and in up in my table to see what are my options uh but i think it's it's just a it was a really good experience for me to learn and like have it now to know how things are supposed to go all right so we're just about to wrap up here but very quickly we're gonna go through a couple rapid fire questions and i'll start real quick who, who is the funniest teammate that you have right now funniest teammate oh that's hard <laughs> I would say because she cracks, cracks me up all the time. I'll say Jordan Browning because she's just she's just really funny. I think John would know she's yeah, she knows know. how to make people laugh and make them smile really easily. No, for sure. <laughs> I gotta know. This is probably a hard one. Who's getting the ox scored on the team? Who's not getting the ox scored on the team? Oh well, we have a new rule about that because oh, no. cool. yeah, go. so. Uh, we are not allowed to put like any explicit music in the ox because we're we like during the week we train in a public pool, so usually there are kids and stuff like that. You don't oh, want wow. to be listening oh, to things yeah. that they shouldn't be listening to. So right now it's usually Ryan Flynn. She's the one of the captains from the team. Uh, but it's a playlist that all of us put songs. Like we will send her songs, and of course we will be we will be careful with what it says. Uh, but then if you if that rule wasn't on. The team i think it would be like emma becker or last year would be a lot ellie ellie murray she would put a lot of music last year so yeah who was the worst though who was who has not a good taste in music i don't know i think all of us have a very different taste of music like yeah i don't think it's like someone has a bad taste of music it's just like all of us listen to different yeah. like types of music okay. how about you what's what's on your playlist uh well so i love justin bieber if you guys oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Justin yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. um like since i have memory so yeah. yeah uh i listen to a lot of pop i like rap but not i don't listen to it too often and of course like hispanic music that's just about it's just a vibe so, yeah. Yeah. oh absolutely 
All right, we we asked this to Coach Horner, so I want to ask you as well. Uh, in your opinion, who is the uh, the greatest swimmer of all time? Oh, of all times? I mean, that's that's a common question. A lot of people will say Michael Phelps. Uh, that's what Coach Horner said. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people say that is Michael Phelps. But if we're counting, like, also people from like now. That's a hard question. I I really like Katie Ledecky. I like her a lot. She's like a good, a really good athlete. And I think she's one of like, not mentors, because I don't know her, but like I follow her a lot. And I like a lot of the things that she does. So I will say her too. What's your favorite spot to hang out on campus? And then just favorite food spot on campus? Oh, favorite spot to hang out. There's a lot. A lot of spots. Yeah. I will say my room, but I can't count my room as a spot. So uh, I think I would say the library, maybe. Uh, last semester, I used to go a lot to study and do homework. This semester, I didn't have much time, so I did not win as often. Uh, I think the library, I like it a lot. And favorite spot to go for food. I love tropical smoothie. That's the answer. And I think like my top three will be, I don't know which one will be the best one, but it will be the tropical smoothie, panda, or Panera. There we go. All good choices. Yeah. Great choices. Speaking of food, I want to talk about where you're from, Uruguay. What are some dishes that like people should know about or you know recommend from 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 you? Well, we love barbecue. So, <laughs> oh, oh. but our barbecue, oh, yeah. our barbecue is not like the barbecues here. Like here, you use like barbecue sauce and stuff like that. Like usually, yeah. we don't. We just put like the meat on like to cook, and then you usually eat that with like rice or like a salad uh we usually will like snack something before that we will have a little chit chat before that with like the family or friends uh we have empanadas we love them too uh, there's this thing that we do that is well i guess maybe you know what churros are or maybe not yeah yeah, yeah. so that plus i'm gonna say this in spanish because there's no way i can say this in, in english it's called torta fritas uh that I don't know how to explain what it is, but it's really, really good. And we usually eat them during the winter because they're usually eating when it's like really, they, they have to be hot. So you, you eat them in winter. So I think those will be the best things. And mate, that's a drink that we take every, like everywhere. You see, see us always with like a little thing, like a little bottle and a little cup going everywhere. Oh, that's like a messy. That's like a me I remember Messi had that. Yes, like it's, it's the same thing. It's literally the same thing. Yeah. Have you found any restaurants near campus that specialize in, in Uruguay food? Uh, not really. There's this place that is in like, I think it's International Mall, that is like 15 minutes away from here-ish. Uh, but it's like an Argentinian place of food, but we eat like kind of the same. Our, our cultures are really similar. So yeah. I went there a few times and then there's this other place that I haven't went there, but one of my teammates, she saw it in Hollywood and it's like a Uruguayan place. Like I follow it on Instagram and everything because I want to go see it and check it out. That apparently looks like it's really good and it's like original food or something like that. So I'll go try that out someday. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Yeah. We always ask this to every athlete, but if you had to, if you had to pick the next uh, member of the swimming or diving team that we need to get on this show, who would it be? Hmm. Interesting. I'm gonna think of a. I think you, you should go for. Hmm, that's a hard question, actually. 
Yeah, because I think like all of them will like have a good, like something good to share to with people. So I think like maybe Umi Diop. Uh, she's been to a lot yeah. of like, meets like me. Uh, she's going for the Olympics too. Uh, maybe also I'll say Maria Anderson. She's really funny. She will have a lot of stories to tell. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if she likes to have interviews, but I think it would be really funny to see her talking about her life and stuff. We'll find a way to make it work. But, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, again, we always do this with athletes, coaches as well. But uh, as we start to wrap up here, again, Nikki, thank you so much for being on the show. You've been an amazing guest. We always love talking to the swimming team. It was fun talking to Warner. It was fun talking to you too. The floor is now yours. If you have anything you want to say to the fans of swimming, your teammates, anyone in general, you may go now. Uh, well, first, thank you guys for inviting me. Uh, I think it's amazing that you guys are trying to uh, support athletes and like give them a little space to tell like maybe their stories and like their life. And I don't know, I just I don't know. Maybe thank you to everyone, mostly to my team because I love my team. Uh, go see us this Friday. We have a little meet at BBC. Uh, but yeah, I think just thank you for all of the support and for watching and yeah. Just thank you. <laughs> All righty. And with that being said, we'll wrap it up here from with Jake, Johnny. We have Nicole, myself, Kevin. We'll see you guys all on Thursday. We have a very fun episode, very different episode, but should be a good one. We'll be talking about the, the, the NIL. We'll talk a little NIL, Blue Collective NIL. We'll, we'll bring on the man behind it. I believe his name is Adam, and we'll have him on. on, on Dana. Yes, sir. So, yeah. From As always, pause up. Pause up.